Stockholm in general, I mean, I, I've loved it. I think it's been the best stop I've had so far. I can't complain about anything. It's different, uh, that's for sure. But yeah, I, I love Sweden in general. And the, the summers there are just beautiful. Weather's great, the ball's good, and the people are unmatched. Welcome to episode 252 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Let's take a quick look at the news headlines from the past couple of weeks before we get to our great guest. First off, congratulations to the Texas Rangers on winning the World Series. The Rangers have former Medicine Hat Blue Jays and Calgary Cannons infielder Tim Hires on the coaching staff. You can read all about his journey through our province with our latest story on our website. Head to albertadugoutstories.com for that. The Rangers also have Dogs Academy strength and conditioning coach Brett Platts and Dogs Academy and Okotoks Dogs grad Jordan Procession in their farm system. A tip of the cap as well to the Arizona Diamondbacks on a great run in the National League. They're managed by former Cannons and Edmonton Trappers infielder Tori Lovello and have a few other connections in the dugout as well as one on the farm with friend of the show Gavin Logan. How about Box Hall Academy grad Damiano Palmagiani? The young infielder has been skyrocketing up the depth charts of the Toronto Blue Jays ending the season in AAA before heading over to the Arizona Fall League. And what does he do there? Well he just hits 260 with four home runs and 17 RBI in 20 games before being named to the Fall Star game. He then tears it up in the home run derby sending 22 baseballs over the fence, eventually losing in the final to Minnesota Twins prospect Kalai Rosario. Paul Mancini, Eric Sabrowski, and Justin King are the three Canadians with Alberta ties playing in the Arizona Fall League right now. The Canadian Baseball Network has started rolling out its annual all-Canadian college teams. Bob Elliott and company started things off with their third team, which includes several familiar names in Alberta's baseball circles, including Cohen Aiken, Brody Forno, Martin Vincelli Samard, Ricky Sanchez, Caden Cardoso, and Micah McDowell. We'll keep you posted on the two other teams they eventually name and will soon have the annual all ads college team announcement to make so stay tuned on all those fronts a big congratulations to calgary's morgan rackle and the rest of team canada as they took home bronze and softball at the pan am games rackle pitched in a lot of the games including the final against mexico which canada won seven nothing and finally our hearts go out to those who knew and loved trevor marv freeman who passed away recently after a battle with cancer a well-known figure in the foothills major baseball association as a player for 20 25 years, he's being remembered as a big man with an even bigger heart and someone who left an impression of genuine care and thoughtfulness with anyone he spoke with. He wasn't just a baseball guy either as he helped found the Calgary-based Traveling Yoggers fan club to salute former NHL great Yarmer Yager. Again, our condolences to all those who knew and loved Trevor Marv Freeman. On to this week's guest, and it was only supposed to be a one-year deal to try playing baseball internationally. Yet here we are, six years later, and Levi Moon is still traveling the world playing the game he loves. The Red Deer product has had a fascinating journey in the game, starting at home before becoming part of the first Badlands Academy team in Oyen. He went on to play at Niagara Community College, but injuries forced him to stay closer to home, finding a spot with Prairie Baseball Academy. It was on the advice of head coach Todd Hubka, as well as a couple of his former teammates, that he try his luck across the pond. The former Moose John Miller Express utility man has now played baseball in Germany, Austria, Australia, and has most recently spent a couple of seasons in Sweden. The 27-year-old has quite the story and stories to tell, including his dad Cam's sports influence being the play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels and now the Edmonton Oilers, as well as transforming into a bit of a travel junkie. Levi, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. You've had quite the baseball journey around the world, it seems, and we'll get to it in a second, but you are back home for a little bit here. How does it feel being back in Alberta? 
Uh, it's good. Yeah, weather's good. I mean, it'd be nicer if the Oilers started winning, but other than that, it's it's good. Hey, I saw you got to go take in the uh, Heritage Classic, so that was at least a W for the for your guys, anyways. Not for mine, of course. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was perfect night actually. Nickelback was great. Oilers got the win, and the weather was great, so can't complain there. Mm. So, as mentioned, a lot of world travels in your baseball career to this point. And let's start off with this last season. You spent it in Sweden. You've spent a couple of years there now. What's it like playing baseball there? Uh, Stockholm in general. I mean, I, I've loved it. I think it's been um, the best stop I've had so far. I, I can't complain about anything. It's it's different. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I love Sweden in general. And the, the summers there are just beautiful. Weather's great. Um, the ball's good, and yeah, the people are un- un- unmatched. It's amazing. You hear a lot about how different countries sort of play baseball a little bit differently. What's the style like in Sweden? Um, I think it's pretty similar to here. I think uh, they have. I, th- I think Sweden, for the places that I've been, um, has the most influence from North America. Um, pretty much everybody, or I shouldn't say everybody, but most of the people on my roster, at least for my team, um, have some sort of North American um, background or like they have a parent from the U.S. or they went to school in the U.S. or or something about North America. There's a reason they're playing baseball instead of the the hockey or the soccer. Um, so I think they grew up with a lot of influence there. I think that country in general, compared to Germany or somewhere else, um, they're also very English speaking. So when they take in their YouTube or their social media, it's all English stuff. So the translation is not really getting mixed up. Um, and Sweden also tends to be a pretty decent country for people to immigrate from like Spain or South America. So there's a lot of good players coming from those regions as well. So uh, it's a lot of skilled players there, a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. What's the the atmosphere like in the ball diamonds? Are you playing in front of a few hundred? Are you playing a few dozen, a few thousand? What's What's it like over there? It can completely depend on the day. I think uh, the least we'd have is maybe, yeah, maybe 20, 25 people. And then the most, I think, was probably uh, just under a thousand for the finals there. We had a, a pretty good crowd um, for our away game, at least our home game did did decent. It was uh, probably a couple hundred, but uh, it's we're in Stockholm, big city. I, I don't think too many people are interested in baseball. And I think uh, the girls softball team across the way was also playing in their semifinals that weekend. So uh, they took a lot of the fans. I think they have the same fans as us. So is it, are, is it a pretty, uh, I'll call it loyal or informed fan base. that's coming out to those games. Talk about uh, the, the interactions that you've had so far. Yeah, I think, I, I think actually a lot of it is little kids and then families that come over from um, either the U S or somewhere else that are just kind of looking for something to grasp onto in the community. Um, and I think uh, our club is doing a decent job of kind of getting information out there about baseball um, and maybe some kids, we, we end up getting a lot of kids that maybe don't enjoy or aren't having the best time in, in soccer. So they'll uh, pretty much every kid there will start out with soccer um, and then they want to try something new or um, they, they want to do something different and uh, they find baseball and they come out and give it an opportunity and then their parents kind of see it and they, they get really intrigued by it and, and then they tell their friends about it. And then I think it kind of, most of it is word of mouth over there. Um, and I know kind of back in the day in the nineties and stuff, Swedish baseball used to be a lot, lot bigger. Like they had, I want to say six or seven divisions of baseball. Um, 
and they had a lot more players playing and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of um, taken a step back a bit, but they're trying to look at getting it um, pushed forward and and uh, kind of a resurgence, a resurgence out of Swedish baseball. How cool is it to be a part of that grassroots movement to get it back going again? And whether it's interacting with the fans or I know you're in a home run derby, I think I saw. And so obviously the the long ball is always something that uh, fans gravitate towards. So talk about being able to to kind of get back to the community in somewhere that's, you know, foreign land for you. Yeah, I actually, I, I mean, the home run derby, that was a lot of fun. I, I mean, I had a lot of success in that uh, last year. So I had a lot of fun there, but it was really cool because there was lots of, lots of kids around there. And, um, we did that. That was up in uh, a town called Redvik, which is a smaller town up in Sweden. So there wasn't a lot of people there that maybe knew about baseball. And then they came out to, uh, there and it was just kind of a unique opportunity to show them a part of the game. Um, and the same thing with the younger kids when you, when you can get them out. Um, I've done a lot of coaching over there as well. So we can do some, um, summer camps and coaching youth baseball and stuff like that. Um, it's pretty interesting getting a roster, handed to you out there because there's a couple kids there that have the skill set that could go over and play college baseball in the U.S. if they wanted. And then there's a couple kids lower down that have never even seen a baseball in their life. And you got to try to teach them kind of even go back to more so the fundamentals than you would uh, say in Canada, mm -hmm. uh, where every kid in Canada has at least seen a baseball or seen the sport be played in, in some aspect. Um, you're kind of going back to even further before you learn how to play. So you're trying to break it down even simpler than that um, and introducing a game to something that they've never even seen before, which is kind of mind blowing in my opinion. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Especially when you've spent your, basically your whole life playing the game. So to break it down kind of gets you back into the fundamentals quite a bit, which is kind of cool. Um, switching gears a little bit here, but you've played, mentioned Sweden the last couple of years here. You've also played in Germany, Austria, Australia. Uh, have I missed any others first off? Uh, nope. For, for Europe and uh, or outside of North America, those are the the stops I've been to. Very cool. So from there, we've talked about how Sweden's probably your favorite to this point. Any that kind of went, Oh, did not expect that or anything that kind of take you by surprise in any of the other stops. Um. I think my first year in Germany was a bit of a culture shock. Um, I just going over, I had zero expectations of what, what was going to um, come of it. Um, and I, I walked in there. Um, that was the only time I played in a second division. So it was a, a step lower. Um, and I kind of knew that it was going to be a little bit of a weaker competition than I'm used to. Um, but I didn't have any expectations to what it would actually, what that would actually mean. Um, and it kind of, it, it was interesting because it was uh, guys like we'd play a doubleheader and there'd be guys like smoking between doubleheaders and stuff <laughs> like just the culture in general is like completely different than the games end. And you just like you, you do your little field work or whatever. And then the guys will grab a case of beer and just sit at the field and talk for a couple hours, which was a little bit different than what I'm used to in, in North America, at least. Um, just the culture there was just really, really different for that aspect but i absolutely loved the city i was in and my teammates were great and stuff um and i i had a great time there um the other time that i think would be a little bit different is um when i went over and played in austria um our team was just moving up to the first division my my year over there was our first year in the first uh first bundesliga and uh we 
were told that we were going to have like a brand new field and stuff like that. Um, unfortunately didn't get built in time. So we had no field the whole season. Mm-hmm. We just practiced on like, it wasn't even, it was supposed to be a soccer pitch, but the soccer team didn't like us on there cause we had metal cleats. So we were basically on their rain field, which was just a side soccer thing practicing all year. And it was just a bit of a mess. And we had a cage put up in the, in a parking lot kind of thing. Um, so that one was a bit of a disappointment for experience. Um, our team was awful that year. I think we won three games all year. Um, and I just couldn't stay healthy that year either. So it was, that one was a pretty frustrating year. I mean, we were, we were just outside of Vienna, which is one of the most beautiful cities I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. That place is unbelievable. Um, but the team I was on just wasn't what I expected. And and it was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, but I, I know now that they're, they have their field and they've brought in some more players and stuff like that. And they've developed themselves a couple of years now. I think they're finding some success over there, which is, it's good to see. I'm, I'm still happy for those guys, but it's a little bit of a disappointment over there. Mm-hmm. Let's go back in time just a little bit. I know you played Moose Jaw in 2015. We'll talk about your baseball history later, but take us back to the moment where you said, okay, it's time to go travel the world. How did this all come about in the first place? Um, yeah, I think I was, uh, well, first I went to Niagara County Community College in, in upstate New York. Um, and I played there for a couple of years and I just, I could not stay healthy there to save my life. So I, uh, I ended up going to PBA, um, try to, try to rehab a bit. I, I know they're known for their, their lifts and their, um, strength and conditioning program and stuff like that. And I, I thought that would put me in a good position to get as healthy as possible. And it did. Um, and then I had a uh, a roommate in college when I was at Niagara, who's now coaching with PBA, a Rhett Fazer, mm. who went over and played in in uh, the Netherlands for a season. Um, and another teammate at Niagara who played a bit on Team Canada in this summer. He was with the Great Britain team um, for the uh, European Championships named Anthony Boniudo. Um, and he played in uh, Germany for a season. And I kind of discussed with them a little bit what the experience was like for them. Um I think they had two different experiences. I think one didn't love their experience and one did, but um, they kind of gave me the good and the bad. And I kind of got to process it a little bit. And it it kind of just turned my head to there's baseball outside of North America. I know a lot of people don't, especially in Canada or North America, they don't even know that there's baseball in Europe. And there's a lot of really, really good players over there. Um, so it kind of piqued my interest. And I, uh, I ended up kind of looking into it a little bit more. And then... Uh, my season, um, just before I went to PBA, I believe I played a summer, um, with the Red Deer Riggers, uh, senior triple A there in Red Deer. Um, and there was a few guys on that team. I was like, I think I was the youngest guy on the team, but there was a few older guys who had gone over, um, like Aaron Dunsmore and, um, Jared Chatwood played a year in Australia. Um, so I talked to those guys a little bit about their experiences. Uh, Dalvin Goldbranson played a couple years in Sweden. So, um, I, t- I chatted with them about their experiences and they kind of all had the same, same uh, kind of advice is just, if you get that opportunity, don't let it pass you by and, and jump at it. Um, and then when my time at PBA, I was kind of at the end of my time at PBA and I was um, thinking about maybe doing it. I remember I sat down with coach Hubka there and he said, Hey, right now you don't have a, a career here. You don't have a long-term girlfriend or a wife. You don't have like, uh, bills to pay. You don't have a house. He's like, worst case you go over there 
you absolutely hate it, get on a train, go to Italy, travel a little bit, enjoy your summer and then come home. He's like, that's the absolute worst case that can happen. And I, I remember walking out of his office there and thinking, you know what? He's completely right. Like there's no reason not to do this. Like it would be a great experience either way. And I went over there. The baseball wasn't really what I thought, but um, yeah, they gave me a couple bucks to to play baseball, which was cool. And and um, while I was over there, I ended up uh, getting seen and um, was able to go play or got offered to go play in uh, Australia for that winter. Um, and I, I jumped at that opportunity too, because I was like, you know what, why not? I've, I've never really been a huge travel bug before then. Um, but Australia is one place that I always wanted to go. And when I got that opportunity, I wasn't going to miss that one. So I'm really glad I did that. So you, you said that you didn't have the travel bug before. Now do you find yourself after about six months in a certain place going, okay, it's time to go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, even outside of baseball, I don't really seem to stick around more than six months <laughs> in, a, in a place anymore. I, I don't know. I kind of get a little bit antsy and want to go do things. Um, yeah. And I, I've been very fortunate and the way this, the schedule sets up for European baseball in general, they, they tend to have a big break in July um, just because a lot of the players, families, and um, like the fans or whoever else are going on their summer vacations then mm. Um so they think it's a good idea to take like a, a three week or a month break at that time. And for me, I mean, it, it, it gets you out of your rhythm a little bit playing wise, but I, I take advantage of that and go, go visit some other countries and, and see what, what else uh, countries surrounding wherever I am at that moment has, has to offer. Very cool. So you get to be a bit of the tourist as well, while you're kind of half living in these countries, where's your favorite place that you've been so far? Um. I mean, there's a there's a lot of really really good good cities in Europe. It kind of depends what what I'm going for. I think the most underrated spot for me would have been uh, we did a kind of a van. There's a guy on our team that had a van when I was playing in Austria. Um, him and his girlfriend, and we took the van kind of across Austria down through uh, Italy into Slovenian or Slovenia. Um, and I love Slovenia. I think that was one of the most beautiful countries I've ever ever been. We did some whitewater rafting um, on the Socha Socha River, which is the river that Narnia is filmed on. Okay. Um, and it was it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. And I would have never never been there if it wasn't for a teammate that they just do random summer camping trips there. So super random how I ended up there. Um, the only thing I didn't love about that place is I, I'm not a big fan of mice or snakes, and they had this huge mice infestation, and oh, no. it brought the snakes, and then. We were camping in tents and it was just kind of uncomfortable to sleep mm -hmm. just knowing what was going on right outside. But yeah, it was the most beautiful place I've ever I've ever seen for countryside. Um, there's a lot of beautiful cities in in Europe. Um, I really loved when I lived in Vienna. Stockholm's always one of my favorites. Um, and then if we're going with teammates, um, Hamburg was always a, a really fun trip. Um, and right at the end, before I came home, I went to uh, Prague. And I, I loved, love that city too. So there's a lot of good cities there, but yeah, Slovenia and Slovenia would be the most underrated place, I think for me. So when you look ahead now, do you have places on your bucket list that you want to be able to see the next time you, you go roll through Europe kind of thing? Um, I don't know. I think I've kind of seen all the major stops that I want to see. 
Um, I'm not sure what's, what's going to be next. I I'm sure something I'll see something cool and I'll be like, Oh, that's a going to be a, that'd be a great experience to try to do. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too sure if I have a specific place yet. Um, I think I, I I've always been a little bit interested in maybe, maybe going over and playing, a, a another winter in uh, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I know I've, I've had a lot of talks with teams over there. Um, and some people in general that have been reaching out and trying to get me to go over there and, and play for a, for a winter. And I think that would be a really cool experience. Um, but we'll see if it works out. Very cool. Let's go back in time a little bit and talk uh, about your roots in baseball growing up in the red deer region. Who got into the game in the first place? Um, my dad and definitely my dad. Um, yeah, he, uh, obviously he's a big hockey guy, but absolutely loves baseball. Um, I think he'd probably even admit that he prefers to watch baseball and spend time at the diamond and, and everything like that. He loves baseball. And, uh, yeah, I know when I was, uh, when I was younger, he would take me across the street. We lived across the street from, uh, elementary school. So they had the little baseball diamond there that was kind of run down and he would just throw balls at me and I would hit him and then we'd pick him up and do it again. And, um, that, that kind of grew into when I was a teenager, the same thing. And then after we hit three or four buckets of baseballs, um, I would go out and he'd hit me a couple buckets of ground balls and then a couple buckets of fly balls. And then we'd go home and, uh, yeah, it just, that's just kind of how it spiraled. And yeah. Very cool. Did you have a favorite team or a player growing up? Uh, my favorite player growing up was Vladimir Guerrero senior. Um, I'm not really sure why I just <laughs> love that the guy could hit everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm blue Jays fan. Um, when I was a kid, I still, I did like the angels as well, just cause, cause of him. But uh, yeah, he was my favorite player growing up. Mm-hmm. I know you played hockey as well, obviously with, with Cam being your dad, there's that influence there. Were there other sports that you end up getting into as well? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I played a couple of years of lacrosse and uh, a couple years of American football. And there was a couple of years there um, that I was doing, I think I was doing all four at once. And it was just, it was too much, especially with playing uh, the top level and, mm-hmm. and all of them. So it was kind of those, especially those hockey schedules. Um, they're, they're pretty crazy. So once hockey season started, it was getting really difficult to play other sports. Um, and I actually played lacrosse before I played baseball. I didn't, I didn't play base. I think my second year baseball was mosquito. So I, yeah. So I, uh, I, I started a couple years after most people, I think, but, um, as soon as I picked it up, I, I think I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So was it a tough decision at all to narrow it down to one and beyond that is, I mean, we live in a, in a hockey crazy part of the country and part of the world. And, yeah. um, a lot of people want to aim towards the hockey thing. So was it tough going baseball? Um, you know what? I don't, I don't think it actually was too tough. I think, uh, when I was younger, I really did like lacrosse. Um, and then ended up, uh, I think in my second year of baseball, uh, getting a, an award for yeah player of the year in Alberta for mosquito or whatever. So I, uh, right then I was kind of like, Oh, like, I think as a kid, if you get honored for something like that, then you're just like, Oh, that's is where I want to pursue a little bit more. So I kind of, it made it easier to cut out lacrosse in that, that sense. Um, and then as I get, kept getting older, um, I just kept finding myself a little bit more excited for baseball season than hockey season. And I wasn't, um, as interested as in kind of pursuing hockey. Um, and then once I got to Bantam, um, I remember 
my dad would always, when I was a kid, he'd always kind of jokingly ask if I wanted to play goalie because he was a goalie and um, I would always be like, no. And it was, it was something that interests me like every kid when they're in novice and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I got to Adam and Pee Wee and started making the top teams as a player, it had no interest to me. But once I got the Bantam, I remember he asked it the same thing he did every year. Jokingly, we would go up to Edmonton and United cycle to get hockey skates. And he asked, you want to be a goalie this year? And I thought about it for a second and I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Just cause I was like, I, in, in my mind, I kind of had already put my eyes on, on a baseball Academy that I wanted to go to. And I was like, I want to go to a baseball Academy when I'm 15 years old. Like I want to leave home and as a grade 10. Um, and at that point I was probably like 13 or whatever. Um, but I knew I wanted to do that. So I was kind of like, you know what, let's have some fun with the last year or two of hockey and he was like, okay, let's give it a couple of weeks. We'll think about it. And if, if that's the case, we'll, we'll let you do it. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we ended up doing it. And I remember I do the the summer skates with all the AAA kids. And uh, I, I, I still went out as a goalie with them and I was just getting torn apart. Like They were just <laughs> ringing them off the bar right under my ear. And I just was not enjoying my, and I was like, ah, oh, this might've been a mistake, but I, uh, I had a great time that, the last year I played hockey and it was a lot of fun that year. Um, I knew I was just going to play a house league that year. And I ended up, uh, well, I played the first half of the year on my house league team. Uh, we had two goalies. So every game I didn't play goalie, I played out. And then some parents weren't super happy with that. Cause I was, yeah, I was kind of tearing it up a little bit. So <laughs> they, they complained and said I needed some sort of insurance for both. So I ended up having to just, play goalie and then I ended up going up and playing with the the Bantam A team as the other goalie there for the rest of the year so it kind of worked out I maybe it wasn't as bad as I I thought I was maybe I should have uh, started out as a goalie but yeah it was a lot of fun but right right then I think when I made that decision I knew hockey wasn't going to be anything for me so I just wanted to have fun with it and uh, I knew baseball was what I was going to pursue Um, I didn't know it was going to be to this extent but I knew my goal was going to be to try to go to a baseball academy and uh, try to pursue college baseball afterwards. And he made that happen, obviously, by going to Badlands. How cool was it, though, thinking about, you know, you like you said, you being 15 years old and having the opportunity to to travel around, play some ball, go to different spots around the province. And it's kind of almost a preview to your current traveling baseball gig. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I it was it kind of worked out the exact same. I mean, I didn't know what to expect when I first went to Oyen. And and part of the reason why I chose Badlands is it was the first year of as an academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I remember talking to my dad about it. And um, he was like, you kind of have an opportunity here to to help build an identity and a culture of a program from the from the start, which I, I think kind of excited me. Um, and yeah, I went to Badlands, got, got the opportunity to travel around Alberta. We went to ter- tournaments all over Western Canada. And then... Uh, in the States and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it was a really cool opportunity. I mean, you get to go down the West coast, uh, play some, play some uh, colleges in, in Washington state and go down to to Vegas for the tournament there in February and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I had a great time at, at Badlands. Can't complain at all. Very cool. We've talked a little bit about your time at Niagara, which I know you were kind of going, well, the, in, the injury bug hit there. You also spent, as mentioned, time at PBA. What did those experience mean, experiences mean to you, though, in the grand scheme of it, not just as a ball player, but also as a human being? You mentioned the the influence such as a guy like uh, Hubka had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it, it really helped me grow up 
um, as a person and, and kind of learn some things outside of um, just not, not only baseball, but things that I, I take towards whether it's like coaching, playing or, or outside into to regular life. Now mm-hmm. um, those, those experiences there have helped me tremendously. I mean, yeah, I went to Niagara um, my freshman year and um, pretty much immediately blew my arm out and was kind of sidelined for a couple of years because of it. Um, and it was a really frustrating process. Um, I, I ended up getting some at-bats DHing and stuff. And even when when I went over to Moose Jaw and stuff, um, it was it was uh it was kind of a dark time because I I didn't really I'd never really struggled that much with baseball in general. And there was points where not only could I not throw a ball, I couldn't even hold a bat and I was still trying to play because I'm just very competitive and, and wanted to just go through it. And there'd be days I'd walk in and my name's on the lineup and I'd be like, this is not going to go well because my bottom hand of my bat, I can't even like squeeze it right now. Um, and it was just a frustrating experience for, for that aspect, but it kind of helped me. Um, yeah, kind of helped me take a step back from the game a little bit and like, look at the bigger picture. Um, I think I made some mistakes in that process too, where maybe I tried to rush it back a little bit quicker than I should have. And it ended up taking it way longer than it should have. Um, but experiences there, um, have carried over into who I am today and, and the, the baseball experience in general. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't thank, especially the, the PBA experience. I mean, they, they, uh, they do push you to your limits, but I would not, I don't think I would have ever played baseball again if PBA didn't push me to to my limit because um, there was no way I was going to get healthy without just going in and just grinding it out for for a couple of years and and trying to kind of overcome that process because um, yeah physically I wasn't a hundred percent but I also feel like I wasn't a hundred percent mentally um, it was a process where I th- I just thought. Hey, if I just kind of push through it, I'll be fine and and I'll I'll get healthy. Um, when in that when the, in the case it wasn't uh, it wasn't that I I had to actually kind of break it down and and actually fix the problem where I would have just kept getting getting hurt or whatever. So yeah, I'm always fascinated by this kind of question because I always think about going back to like 10, 10 year old me or grade ten me and t- you know, having a pep talk with him. So if you can go back in time and chat with your younger self without breaking the space time continuum, um, if we're if talking about back to the future, would younger you be able to believe or comprehend the adventures that you've been on? Uh, probably not, because younger me wouldn't have known that European baseball or baseball in Australia even existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's probably a lot of kids now, even the way the social media has grown so much, they still don't even know that stuff is out there, that there's other opportunities. I mean, when I was that age, yeah, my goal was to go to a baseball academy and then go play college baseball. And if everything worked out perfect, maybe I could pursue some professional baseball in North America. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way, but I kind of never really thought there'd be a different path to to making some money and playing baseball. Um, and even even now, I, I don't know. I I don't know what I would be able to say say to that kid because I don't think that kid would believe a lot of the things that I would say. Just because some of them are pretty far fetched, even for me thinking about it. That 
I, I could say those things to uh, myself at 20 and they would be a little, a little bit shocked that that happened. Um, yeah. It kind of, it kind of happens quick and um, I'm glad it happened, but yeah, it, it goes by quick and it things drinks uh, transpired really quick too. So looking back on it, whether it's uh, teammates or the, the playing experiences or the travel experiences, what's been the best part of the journey? I think it's always the teammates. I mean, I, I love hanging out with the guys. The travel is obviously exceptional, but um, yeah, hanging out with the guys and, and not only just on the field, I think like that, the baseball on the field is always great and stuff, but I I can go to a country now and um, meet some teammates for the first time when we, we um, yeah, when we first get there for the season in, in May or April or whenever it is. And by the time we go to June, we're going to different countries together on road trips for a couple weekends or whatever it is. Um, and I, and making some crazy memories and stuff like that. So I think that that aspect's always a lot of fun. You can kind of, um, yeah, put both together, um, both travel and uh, the teammates. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself when you're playing on some of those international fields, taking that moment to sort of soak it all in. Like this isn't your, you know, it's not Safeco. It's not Roger center. It's not the, the MLB, but these are some pretty out of this world, uh, out of this world experiences that you're getting to be a part of. And so do you take that moment to, to soak it in before, before the first pitch is thrown kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think uh, it can go both ways. I, I think there's been some amazing fields that I've played on over there. And then there's been a couple that are barely considered, shouldn't shouldn't be considered baseball fields i guess there uh there's a lot of uh former soccer fields that are transformed into baseball fields that maybe they don't work um and a lot of the times it doesn't work in my favor because i'm a left-handed hitter and for some reason every field we play up has like a super far right field fence and the (laughs) left, left field's like Left field's like 280, 290, and right field's like 380, 390. And you're like, how does this even make sense? They got a, they put the softball field in right field sometimes too. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool, especially um, if you go to some towns. uh, I know there's a couple fields in Austria um, and, and some in Germany or whatever, where the backdrop is just, it's not even the Rocky Mountains, but it's a different, it's Mm -hmm. a different looking mountain range, but the backdrops, mountains, it's, super unique to see um and even in alberta where we have really nice mountains there's not a lot of fields that have beautiful backdrops of mountains i know um there's a couple uh around but but yeah it's really really uh unique to see and yeah sometimes i i'll have to look around and just think where even am i it doesn't even <laughs> doesn't even make sense oh man uh so what's next for you um i don't know i think uh the last couple of years I've really uh, been able to kind of start my passion um, with coaching. And I really, really have enjoyed that. Um, I got the opportunity to coach the U19s for both my last two seasons in Stockholm. And uh, before that, uh, before my first year in Stockholm, uh, I was coaching with uh, Neutral Hills Baseball Academy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I just really, really have enjoyed those experiences um, and they're starting to kind of get me excited just as much as playing. So I think maybe pursuing coaching is is in the near future. Um, but if an opportunity comes up and I think it's a good fit for playing wise, um, then I might I might uh, uh, have to take a long look at that. Um, 
I know this summer we uh, we finished second in uh, in our uh, league in Sweden. So we um, we uh, get to go to a European Championship of some sort next year. So um, that's a little bit of uh, kind of pulling me back in. Maybe that's something I would want to experience. Um, but it's something that I got to think on. And and this is how it usually goes for, for most of the seasons afterwards. Um, after the season, take a month or two and, and just think of how how the experience went and then have a talk with the uh, the management or whatever of the team to kind of decide what the future is going to be. Um, and I know I've already sat down with them and kind of if I go back to to play in Europe next next year, um, that's kind of the only spot that I want to be. I just really love the city, the the teammates. We have a really good, really good team over there. Um, but I'm just kind of just weighing all my options right now and seeing seeing uh, what's the best fit for me moving forward. Very cool. A couple more for you before we let you go. A couple of standard ones we ask here. And this is for those who might be younger or maybe you're coaching them and they're asking for words of advice or wisdom on on their own baseball journeys. Maybe they're 10 or 12 or 13 and, and they want to they wanna carve their own path in baseball. What's your best piece of advice or words of wisdom that you offer to those kids? Um, I, I think the the best thing you can be is is be confident. Um, like nobody has ever nobody that I know of has ever really succeeded with baseball, whether it's pitching, hitting, fielding, anything, if they're not confident in what they do um, and repetitions and and hard work and stuff is what builds confidence. Um, so I think, yeah, just, you gotta, you gotta kind of believe in yourself a little bit more. Um, Cause if you don't believe in yourself, nobody, nobody else is going to. Um, and yeah, if it's, if it's an older kid looking to go to, to school somewhere, um, I think the best piece of advice I ever got was from my dad and it was um, go somewhere where you're the guy, not just a guy, um, which basically is just go somewhere where the program fits you and, and you can be a good player there and and they want you to come there. Don't, don't just be a number, another uh, kind of number in their book where they're like, Oh yeah, player 89, come on down and play, uh, be a, be a guy they want to have there and, and, be a guy that you are yeah be be a guy you want to be there too that made sense yeah. absolutely and the final one it's when we ask everyone what does the game of baseball mean to you um it means everything to me i mean it, it's kind of given me an opportunity that i i don't think i would have ever had without i know i wouldn't have ever had without without it um yeah not only uh life lessons that i learned through through going to PBA or, or Niagara or Badlands or wherever it was, um, just kind of giving me opportunities, um, throughout the world, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would have ever, would, would have ever been in this opportunity without it. And it's kind of crazy to, to think about, but, um, yeah, I, I never really, like I said, I never really had the travel bug before. So, uh, I probably wouldn't even have ended up going to, going to Europe and checking things out just as a, as a traveler. So, if baseball didn't bring me over there, I don't think it would have, uh, I would have ever seen any of those things that I've seen. You certainly seized the moment there, Levi. Uh, again, congratulations on all the success you've had to this point, continued success wherever the road takes you next. And uh, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast and sharing your journey. Thank you very much for having me and congratulations on uh, 250 episodes. I saw that. That was, that was really, really cool. 
Thanks again to Levi Moon for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you like this or any other episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on your podcast app as those actions help spread the word about ADS. We'd also like to thank our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been incredible partners, and we really can't thank them enough for all of their generosity. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.